Hello and welcome to Mrs. Impossible. And you are listening to me, Cindy McCoy. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for tapping. Thanks for tapping your device to listen to my voice. <laughs> Let's see if I can be a little bit more chilled out this week. I feel like the last few weeks I've been very energetic on the microphone, haven't I? Yes, I've been a little energetic. So at the beginning of the show, I usually go through the different segments that we are going to go through for the day or well, for the episode. And I didn't really think about it that much, but I think as we go along today, I'll, I'll spontaneously decide which segments we're going to have today. Um, but I will review the names of the segments that I've had in the past because they're kind of cool. And I'm contemplating a new segment today. And if I feel like it, I might do it. And I'll tell you what that one is. Okay. So of course there's fresh pick thoughts, which will always happen because I'm full of brain dumps constantly that I need to just get out into the world to process my thinking. So fresh pick thoughts will definitely be a segment, but I've had all these other segments throughout this season and last season. So I'm just going to review them. Let's see. Let's think. Well, the one that I might do at some point today in the show, depending on how I feel, I thought is proof or spoof. That's a cool name, right? Proof or spoof. It's these experiences that I've had that I don't know if I'm going crazy, having delusions of grandeur, in other words, I'm being spoofed, or if there's some sophisticated scientific event happening related to our brains, and we have way more kinds of psychic powers than we think, or if there's a God. <laughs> so I don't know if these these experiences that I've had are proofs, or if, they're, if I'm being spoofed. <laughs> I don't even know if spoof is the right word, but I thought it sounded cool together, proof or spoof. Um, I also thought of the the segment title, Now Here or Nowhere. Now, if you think of the two words, now, N-O-W-H-E-R-E, oh, they say H here in Australia. I hate saying it that way. But in America, it's just H. No, at the beginning. So anyway, now here with an H or a H if you're Australian. Now here, two words. But if you put those two words together with no space in the middle, it says nowhere. Same letters, just no space in the middle. Um, so now here or nowhere was a phrase that was used to contemplate atheism versus theism, uh, that kind of battle and discussion. Uh, it was a poetic way of kind of saying, is God now here or is God nowhere? Does, is he, does he exist or is this a made up thing? So I thought of calling the segment that, but proof or spoof is more fun, isn't it? Okay, so there's that. I might do that segment. Mm -hmm. That was fun. Okay, so maybe I will touch on it. I just don't want to feel any ounce of that yucky, toxic form of religion even crawling anywhere near me. That's why I'm afraid to touch a subject. But there are some cool things that might be worth talking about at some point, maybe today. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. So we have fresh pick thoughts. That'll definitely happen. In the past, I've done the cleanup segment, which cleans up something from one of the previous episodes that I want to clarify or expound upon. Then we have the confession booth where I confess something that I actually forgive myself for. It's not a confession booth where I need anyone else to forgive me. I've, you know, I've forgiven myself uh, and it's something funny and small or big, whatever it is. I love that one. I miss that one. I have so many confessions, guys. I just haven't written them down. I should use that one, that segment more often. And of course, I've done cuddling with crypto. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I will do that segment today because I'm a little fed up. You know, I was, I fell in love with crypto. Y'all know that I've crushed hard on crypto and I feel like, you know, it's in it, it, the past few weeks, it's, uh, 
it's disappointed me. Of course, this is part of the journey of cryptocurrency is it brings you on a super high and then drops your bum onto the ground because it goes down really low. And that's called volatility of the market. And it's the most volatile asset in all of history, as far as I understand. And it's also the most profitable one in all of history. Uh, sorry, quickly, the, the fastest moving one and most profitable one, I think, in all of history because of how quickly you can make a lot of money. I mean, technically, you can put in $500,000 one day and, you know, triple it, do much more than that next day, if you could only know what the market's doing the next day or read the charts wonderfully. Um, so you can make a ton of money through it, but you can also lose a lot of money in it and get your money stuck in it. Um, and that's what's happened the past few weeks. I missed the last episode, uh, the last show. I've been doing it every week, but I've, so I've been gone for two weeks. And in those two weeks, uh, my money's been stuck in the cryptocurrency market. Anyway, so for, uh, that was cud that's cuddling with the cuddling with crypto segment. The swiping with Cindy. Oh, how I long to do a swiping with Cindy where I talk about the dating, the dating app world and dating in general. I might touch on that because I have a little bit of news. Um, <laughs> I found a ginger. Ah! <laughs> a six foot one ginger, guys. I mean, does it get any better? Okay, hold on. All right. So next one. <laughs> And then the next one, Schmanxiety. Oh, I love that one too. That one's a great one. I want to talk about that now, but I'll skip it. Okay, Schmanxiety. Well, well, really, that that segment that I've done in the past is really about smashing anxiety and just the little tips and tricks and just talking about it to soften the blow of anxiety itself. And then Impossible Mission, which is really the the coaching side of me, where you know I talk about something that I'm working towards in life, and uh, there's definitely been progress with that the past few weeks. All right, so those are all of the segments. Hopefully, that makes you a little tiny bit itsy bitsy, tiny bit teeny wee yellow polka dot bikini excited about the fact that I have some really cool segment titles I don't know if they will actually excite you when you listen to them but hopefully they will <laughs> or at least make you interested oh I sniffed <laughs> okay you can leave that in that's fine uh, <laughs> usually Zane here is engineering this podcast and I ask him to take out my little sniffs and coughs because you don't want to hear that do you really want to hear that no okay all right, so Fresh Pick Thoughts. You know, it's kind of like the Fresh Pick Thoughts uh, segment already began because I just went through all of the segments I've ever done on the, these shows. Um, but I, I usually do a Fresh Pick Thoughts because I'm bubbling over with positive energy and I want to let it all out and process everything that's happening. But I didn't have uh, my second dose of caffeine today, so I'm feeling kind of low. And I've eaten a lot of food. And you know what that does? It kind of like dulls your energy. I mean, it's a good restful feeling like you want to take a nap, not like you want to get on the microphone and start talking about everything meaningful in your life. So I kind of feel that nap feeling. Um, but I have a drink next to me with some caffeine in it. So I'm going to take a second that you're not going to hear. All right, I'm back. Mm -hmm. I had my green tea. What would I do without green tea? Oh, my life. Once I started integrating green tea, my life drastically changed because I had more energy all of a sudden. And the reason, well, you know, well first of all, I can't have coffee because I get panic attacks from coffee. My life can be absolutely perfect, but I have coffee. Three days later, I get a panic attack. So I can't rely on that. But green tea does, it does a different thing chemically, similar to coffee, caffeine, but it's different. So 
I have that, and I can't imagine life without it. The reason why I've discovered the past few weeks, the reason why, is because I my gut is completely out of balance. Have you guys heard the news over the years about the scientific studies showing the relationship between your gut health? You know, the bacteria in your gut, in your intestines, and in your I think it's in your intestines somewhere in there. <laughs> um, between the intestines, uh, bacteria, and your mental health, your sense of energy, your mood, and your immune system all relates to the millions or billions of little bacteria organisms in your intestine. Isn't this disgusting to talk about? But the truth is that I had many rounds of antibiotics from different things throughout the years, and it completely wiped me out. And it has made me very low energy, and I'm only working on restoring my energy and health and immune system and all of that, um, focusing on it intensely now over the past several weeks. Ironically, <laughs> ironically, I was about to, I was looking at the apps, I didn't tell this to you guys, but I was looking at the dating apps thinking I need to just stop the dating apps and focus on my health. Zane here, who is recording this with me, knows that every time I come in here, I complain about feeling sick and saying that everything makes me feel sick. Yes, I can still feel joyful and live life, but there's a significant percentage of my joy that is still not felt because I'm suffering inside from different levels of discomfort in my gut, like in my stomach, in my abdomen. There's usually something going on feeling not right. In And there's like 10 different symptoms that I could feel at any time, any one of the 10, all of them. And it's because... I believe that one, um, certain foods have wiped out uh, like erythrol, some, some kind of, you know, um, uh, one of those fake sweeteners that I had a lot of um, might have done it, but definitely the antibiotics completely wiped out and changed the way that I digest things, which as we know from these studies, it also alters your immune system and energy levels and mood and all of that. So I've been working on that. And the the irony, irony that I still didn't get to actually say because I'm so good at ADD is that I was wanting to go off the dating apps. I can't believe I just totally ADD'd off of that. <laughs> My point is I was wanting to go into, off the dating apps to focus on the right foods and supplements to have to fix my gut. And then I meet a six foot one ginger who's into the gym like I am. And he's been working for about eight years with a one of the best, if not the best, supplement and health product companies in Australia. And one of the first things he did was introduce, I was honest with him. I said to myself, you know, I have to be honest with him, about, even though it's completely embarrassing. You know, you want to feel sexy all the time, not like, you know, have a stomach cramp, you know. But I was like, you know, if he's, if he's going to date me, he's got to know the truth. And then he started giving me supplements and, you know, like little things to add to your drink and giving me diet tips, stay away from salicylates and, and these things. And my stomach started changing. And since I've known him, I've, I've past few weeks, uh, I've seen significant changes in my sense of normality. And that has also awoken me to take action on uh, a taking go, going through a low fo FODMAP diet. So I'm starting to stay away from um, certain food groups and it's returning my energy um, slowly but surely and making me just feel moments of normality. And I am feeling more and more energetic. Like when I wake up in the morning, oh, you guys, <laughs> this is a big one. So I don't know, you know, he's he's given me advice on, you know, dietary changes of all sorts. And he's also given me just two or three different things to take. 
and I feel like it's the combination of the three that has done this. But you guys, you know, I, I, I have been fantasizing about when I was a teenager and I'd wake up and my brain felt excited about the universe. Like, what what are we going to experience today when my brain, you know, wakes up out of bed and, and you know, goes to school or goes, you know, about my day? And I just, you know, I've been thinking, what will it take to get back to that place? I've been thinking about this even it started more seriously last year where I was like, well, how do I return to that state? Like, why, why do I wake up kind of just completely feeling utterly drained? Of course, it could go back to the whole gut thing and the antibiotics and that whole history. Um, but I even did a brainstorm. I put this whiteboard paper on my wall and I listed all of the possible things that could make me feel that energy again, uh, you know, waking up out of bed. Well, last year I did that. I, I wrote like a big list of brainstorm ideas of what I could do to feel that feeling in the morning. And, you know, I really haven't felt that in the morning, except for when I had the green tea. I literally even tried putting a little shot form of green tea next to my bed, chugging that to give me that feeling. Do you know what, though? Now since, now since I've been taking these supplements, these three things, I actually wake up with that feeling for the first time in a long time. And again, I'm making some dietary changes and I'm taking these three things. So it could be any one or all of the things that I've mentioned. It could also be that I have a six foot one ginger who's really hot. No, <laughs> no, it's not that just that. That's for sure. Because because uh, it didn't, uh, when I first met him, um, I was very happy, you know, I was very happy to meet him and all of that, but I still felt like crap waking up. Since he's given me that, uh, the combination, I'll tell you what they are. I just felt such a dramatic difference in my brain when I wake up in the morning. It is such a good feeling, but it doesn't last all throughout the day. It just gives me that kick in the morning and I I didn't even I don't even take anything in the in, you know when I'm just waking up out of bed it's just that feeling before I've drank or eaten anything um, but as I go about the day of course I will lose energy so I still need my green tea I think I have a long way to go before my gut is fully restored and my energy levels are where they should be I have to have the right diet and I'm in the process of figuring that out but in the meantime I have seen massive changes and these are the products I'll tell you what they are I'm not being paid for this by the way guys I didn't even tell them that I would say this uh, but but the first thing is something called gut right g-u-t-r-i-g-h-t and it's like this powder that you just mix into your water it's kind of sweet i think it might be sweetened with stevia it has like a, the, the flavor i have is cranberry and i was not happy about it the first time i had it but i was like all right well i'll tolerate it and give it a chance and now i don't mind it at all i actually mix it with the second thing that i take twice a day I have this green tea powder called X50 uh, capital X and then just five zero and it's a green tea and I think it has it has another ingredient in it as well but it's a pretty simple list of ingredients very simple and um, I mix that in with the cranberry gut right so those two things I have together and then I uh, that's what I have in, in the afternoon in the morning after I wake up with my brain feeling way more energetic than I've ever felt before, uh, um, in the morning I have the X50 green tea and uh, glutamine, glutamine, just uh, five, I think it's five milligrams, teaspoon of glutamine. So it makes the glutamine, the X50 and the water. And so those are the three things, the X50, the glutamine and the gut right. 
Gut Right is all about getting, you know, the right bacteria levels and all of that back back to where it should be in your gut. And so I actually did start feeling a difference on day seven of having it. Uh, And he had assumed that that is when I would start feeling it too, which told me something, you know, that says something. Um, There's someone doing something in the background. So if you hear clicking, sounds like someone's playing pool behind us, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. I don't mind. Because when I recorded this from my flat, you could hear parties like above my head. (laughs) I went up the microphone and there were people like dropping things on the floor right above my head. I don't understand what they were doing. But anyway, so I don't mind a little bit of pool playing behind the wall. So... Yeah, so so that is my fresh pick thoughts. Like my fresh pick thoughts segment is really just about whatever comes to mind, completely unplanned. And I think that was a good one because it's been a massive change in my life to to feel that clarity in my brain waking up. This same kind of clarity that I had when you know I was a teenager before I had to take care of my own life and pay my own bills. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of feeling that now. And let's see what happens. I'm I'm you know I'm not 100 percent better and this, you know, feeling sick all the time thing. I'm having now an increasing number of windows of feeling normal and healthy and my body feels internally peaceful. Just like, oh, this is what normal and healthy feels like. I'm feeling that more and more. And, uh, but I still have a ways to go. And I see the direct correlation with these three supplements and I see a direct correlation as well with the health, uh, with the dietary changes that um, my lovely Ginger has been suggesting and the ones that I have myself thought of to do, which is uh, moving towards a low FODMAP diet. And uh, that's something that people do who have IBS. And it's also something that people do um, uh, just for other reasons as well, um, because there are a lot of benefits of a, uh, a low FODMAP diet. I think people on the spectrum as well go on the low FODMAP diet because it does have uh, some neurological benefits and really helps you out, gives you more energy. So um, that's what I, uh, that's the path that I'm on right now. And it's amazing. (laughs) You know, you get used to suffering in life and you just get stuck there. (laughs) It's amazing. But I was thinking, you know, when I was, before I met this gentleman, (laughs) um, it's new, so I don't want to say his name just yet, but unless he wants me to, I would be happy to. But um, I really just wanted to stop dating and, and make, you know, take care of myself because I thought, who, who, how? How can I give myself and want that that partnership with a man when I'm not even taking care of myself properly? To take care of myself properly is to focus on one of the big issues, which was just my own misery over my diet. Like, why do, did everything make me sick? Well, okay, so just to be a little nicer on myself, one of the one of the reasons is because work and sleep and just your other things. It takes time. If you don't have time because you're busy with a hundred other things, it takes time to think through and research. And make appointments and have discussions to sort out what it is that's causing your misery, whether it's digestive misery, digestive misery, or it's emotional misery. It takes time and focus. And there's so many problems in the world. It's like, oh gosh, which one do I focus on? It's like being in one of those uh, game shows where they put you in like the this like glass uh, tube and they have balls throwing everywhere, like you know, like one of those air uh, air pumped little tubes, and and there are like a hundred balls flying all around you and you you have to like pick one like to win the game that's what it is like you know there are all these problems right now like floating around in the world you're you're like well which one do I grab first you know and that's what it feels like sometimes so you have to you know turn the machine off relax 
and just focus on one at a time. Um, so I've taken time. I've cleared my schedule. I've changed my schedule so that I can, uh, and I've changed a lot of things in my life <laughs> the past three to four weeks so that I could focus on the things that are most important to me right now. And I have to make sacrifices because of that. A lot of financial sacrifices to do what I'm doing right now, but my health is starting to pay off and magically, beautifully, wonderfully, when you start to, well, I keep seeing this pattern. When I start to make myself first, meaning taking care of my health first, my sense of peace first, my sense of pure hearted joy first, magic happens. Things show up. Six foot one redheads come into my life when I was completely about ready to turn off all the dating apps just to focus on myself. And then he shows up. Amazing. And I, oh, my phone is buzzing. I should probably put it on. It is on airplane mode, but it is still buzzing. I don't know how to take the buzz feature off. Okay. Well, that was a long, fresh pick thoughts. My goodness. Okay. So hmm, I'm just trying to think. Is, I mean, is, what more do I want to say? I feel like there is more I want to say in this fresh pick thoughts segment. I, you know, I, I, I was thinking when I walked over here and I've been thinking about it a lot lately, you know, how important desire is in every freaking day's life. You know how important desire, like to wake up with desire <laughs> and uh, it is sometimes a diet related uh, thing, by the way, <laughs> as I'm learning, like to wake up and, and want something, <laughs> to want to get out of bed and live can often directly correlate with your diet, which correlates with your immune system, which correlates with your with your mental health. But des desire is such, uh, you know, people are walking around like zombies day to day. And I was thinking, you know, desire, I mean, we treat it like such a, a light topic. But when I think of desire, I kind of, I don't think I'm about to mumble on and on, but here we go. I When I think of desire, I think of the sun. The sun is just a ball of fire, right? I mean, well, not just, right? I'm sure there's chemical composure there that I'm, a chemical, sorry, chemical composition there that I am not educated enough to describe. But there is constant flaming going on on that sun, right? Do you know, I mean, like ev everything on the earth would die if we did not have the sun. We would die. Sorry, everything living on the earth right now would die if we did not have the sun. You know, maybe cockroaches would still live. Who knows? Maybe they would, but they would have nothing to eat or maybe they'd eat anything and that's how they live anyway point is at least we humans would die without the sun wouldn't we um it causes our food to grow it gives us nutrients to live and uh, i feel like desire is as important as the sun throughout the day for us to find what sparks that fire and to keep it burning no matter the cost and by why when i say no matter the cost i don't mean do something that makes you feel like you're doing something wrong like to, you know commit a crime to to feel the fire again. No, that's, that's backwards. <laughs> that's putting the fire out. Uh, but to feel a pure hearted fire, like that joyful fire, like the thing that is pure hearted, it, it needs, it, when you do a thing that makes that the most important decision of the day, magic happens. It happens. Magic happens. It's like, it's almost the creation of the world. I don't think the world even could exist without the sun. And I don't think your world will properly and healthily exist without sparking desire every freaking day. And that's what I focus on as a personal coach. And that is my sales segment. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I'm not trying to sell you on anything. Although <laughs> my website is, um, new website is in the works and I'm feeling humbly proud about it. I'm so excited uh, it, as a coach, you know, my coaching website. Okay. All right. So that's my little spiel on um, desire and fire and the sun and how 
today, right now, as you listen to this, I want to give you a little challenge. You can either st- actually, I would, I would actually just stop this. Don't even listen to the rest and do something that sparks pure hearted fire, a good fire, joy in you and desire. Do something that makes you feel good right now. Just go ahead. Stop this show. Do it. It might be having a cup of coffee when you didn't plan to do it anyway, when you didn't plan to do it. It might be um, turning on that trash reality dating show because it reminds you of, you know, the love that you want. It might be going out and playing a game, might be making a phone call. It might be something much bigger than anything that I've said or much smaller, but just do it. Do it because that's more important than anything right now. Maybe it's listening to the rest of the podcast and listening to my voice. Does that spark your desire? No. Okay. (laughs) No, it's not that kind of podcast. (laughs) Um, But if you call me, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. So that's the end of Fresh Pick Thoughts. Okay. Okay, guys, I'm feeling good. And since I introduced it, I'm, I feel good enough to tell you one or two stories in a segment, a new segment called spoof. Wait, what did I call it? (laughs) Proof or spoof? (laughs) Ready? All of my atheist friends, I love you. And I love how you challenge me. And I want to be challenged. Uh, because part of me becomes atheist because of the brilliance of my atheist friends. And I, I feel like I flop between atheism and faithism, <laughs> believing that there's a, a sophisticated, intellectual, intelligent energy that is good somewhere um, who we can access at any point. And then sometimes I think, well, maybe that is just some part of my brain that I'm speaking to that I'm talking about when I say that. Like, actually, it was a guy that I went, uh, a German guy who I went on a date with many, a few years ago, a few years ago. And I told him some of my stories and he said, well, actually, how many stories? I probably didn't tell him many. Maybe I told him one or two. Well, first of all, this is the proof or spoof segment. So let's just formally introduce that. Okay. So on a date a few years ago, (laughs) um, yes, I told some of my stories, maybe just one or two. And this atheist German guy said to me, but maybe, maybe you were speaking to, you know, oh, what was the language he used? He said it really well. And it stuck with me since then. Uh, I think he said it, 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 the meaning and feeling of what he said stuck with me. And, and I won't use his words exactly because I don't remember them exactly, but what he meant stuck with me. And he said, well, maybe it was a version of your higher self that you were speaking to. And even though that sounds very, um, philosophical, like what does that actually mean, right? Do you mean you're talking to a part of your brain? That's how I interpreted it, right? Like uh, neurologically, like, okay, maybe I am talking to a certain part of my brain that has powers and abilities that humanity hasn't discovered yet. And ever since he said that, I thought, hmm, even today I thought it actually, because I was thinking about the answered prayer that I've had in the past. And I thought, was I doing that? Was I talking, accessing uh, a certain part of my brain? And, you know, it's there for all of humanity. Although if there is this magical part of the brain that causes prayer to be answered, that still doesn't disqualify that there's an original intelligence that created that or that at least started an evolution process to create to, to, to make that happen or whatever. It still doesn't discount that uh, that there's a God or not. Um, but perhaps, and it's even crossed my mind that, you know, this Jesus person from the first century, maybe that's what he was trying to point people to, was saying, look, uh, just hear me out, guys. <laughs> maybe he, when he 
supposedly, right? And and I do have my moments of actually believing this, which I, I will get to my stories because I haven't told you my stories yet. Um, in those moments, I believe it, that it happened. I actually experienced amazing kind of miraculous things. But anyway, um, he's, when, when this Jesus person, uh, you know, they recorded stories about him. He healed thousands of people of all sorts of diseases, right? Maybe he was doing that. And part of his message was to say, look, you can do this too. Actually, he did tell his followers, you can do this too. If you believe in God, right? Uh, if you believe in, if you believe, actually, that's what he said time and time again. There's, well, this can happen for you too. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. It's throughout all those books and letters that were written uh, in or around the first century or second century, whatever the, the argument is about when they were actually put on paper. I don't know. But anyway, maybe he was pointing to the fact that we have in us an ability that we have not tapped into to heal ourselves and to make quote unquote miracles happen that we have the ability to do this actually i do remember one of the the books or letters in the uh, new testament um actually says he actually says you will do greater works than these i think he said something like that you will do greater works than these he didn't say it in old english he was speaking uh aramaic or hebrew or something like that just two thousand years ago <laughs> uh so so here we go in my little journey of life, I was born to a mother, a Jewish mother, who became a Christian person while she was pregnant with me. So she, when, when, I, when I came out of the womb into the universe, she took me to church growing up. So I grew, she took me to lots of churches growing up. And I kind of found comfort in church, probably because that was the only place we would go where I felt peaceful. And then when we went back home, I was like, oh no, ready for fights to break out. Here we go. And so I could crawl in my room and like... <laughs> No. Um, well, yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> well, no, we had good times too, but there, there, I do remember um, lots of screaming and stuff. So I just felt like the church was, was a peaceful place, a place for me to hope that peace does happen. And I believed, I believed in a lot, not everything, because I didn't understand everything, but there were a lot of key things I would hear the pastor say, and I would believe. So growing up, I have believed some of the things that I've heard. And so things like the following, things that I'm about to tell you have happened. Now, are these proof that there's a God or am I spoofed? And it's really something else. Like any one of the things like the German guy who I went on a few dates with, was it what he said where I'm talking to a higher self? Because let's all scientifically study that then and find out what it was that happened because these are some cool things. Here we go. I'll tell you. All right. Oh, gee, I have so many stories. I have, mm, I mean, I have at least a hundred stories. No, no issues there, but some stand out more than others. Okay. So I'll start with a couple that I myself directly experienced in my own body. I had to clear my throat and I've asked Zane to cut that out. All right. But here I am back again. Story number one. <laughs> Story number one, proof or spoof in college or university here. They say university in Australia. They call it uni. The four year degree thing in America is called uni here. In America, it's called college. But when I was in college, aka uni, I was very religious. Uh, I was scared to do anything to make God angry, which isn't really the character that of God that Jesus talked about. I learned later on once I learned the original, you know, some key original language, uh, some key words in their original language in the New Testament. Suddenly, my idea of God corrected itself. But at this point, when I was in college or uni, I I'm just gonna say uni, okay? 
no, it sounds weird. Probably, yeah, no, we'll say uni, university. So when I was in university, I was gung ho, and um, I just wanted to do whatever it took to keep experiencing things like I'm about to experience. And I find that, and I found that one of the ways to get into that mode was to listen to the Christian music. Or at that time, I was listening to. At the time of the story that I'm about to tell you, I was listening uh, a lot to like the Jewish Christian music. You know the Jews who believe in Jesus and kind of has that Middle Eastern sound to it and it doesn't have um, as much of the Christian, well, the term Christianese kind of language. It does have some of that. Anyway, I was listening to that a lot and uh, I was learning to do worship dancing. So it was just Israeli folk dancing set to the context of the worship music. And uh, I was going to a congregation on uh, Saturday mornings and they had an event where a popular singer came. And so I did the worship dancing with a group of people in the front of the event and there was an amazing singer. Then afterwards I went back to my car and these things felt like stones in my feet. I had this experience whenever I would dance too long or walk too far for many years like since I was a teen and uh, I was at university at this point so roughly 1920 and I you know had been suffering for this for years or if I dance too long if I wear the wrong shoes and walk too long these things that feel like little pebbles in the the ball of my foot on each foot would flare up and I have to walk on the outside of the feet now I'm so good at it at that point that no one can really tell but it still bothers me right so I went into I did the dancing at this event and I went into my car afterwards alone. I took my shoes off and it was so uncomfortable. And since I was just caught up in the moment, right? So caught up in the moment, I thought I thought of how there's a story of how Jesus talked to a fig tree and told it to die and he, he and and it was some kind of it was something he did to demonstrate a point and there was a deeper meaning to it, but the point is in the story, he told a fig tree to die, right? And there's a deeper thing behind that, but he, that's what he did, right? And then it died the next day. And so for some reason, it just, I believed in that moment that that story was true. And I thought, well, if he could do it, I could do it, right? Because again, it says, this you will do and more, you know, is somewhere in the books about him. But anyway, so I thought, okay, of course he could do. I was so in a moment like, ah, of course, like it wasn't like some special feeling. It was just like, oh, of course, this should, this should be natural. Um, so with that same kind of, spirit or attitude I told those things in my feet to go down just calmly I was like just I I know this sounds kind of crazy but I did it right and I felt them shrink as right afterwards I felt them just shrink shrivel in my feet (laughs) and it was who tells cysts and whatever that, I mean, who speaks to things in their bodies and has them disappear under, you know, their command, <laughs> you know? And I was like, wow. Um, yeah, okay, cool. And I felt peaceful and relaxed and I drove home. Proof or spoof? What happened in that situation? Who does that? If someone goes to the doctor with a foot problem, should doctors be performing scientific experiments to figure out what happened to me in that car so that they can have their patients do the same thing, right? So is it proof of something scientific or is it proof of something uh, God origin, you know, of God origin? Or is it both of those? Or is this all a spoof and like it's something else that I don't know, you know, that I can't explain? Like what what happened there? Was I, was I fooled into thinking it was a God thing? It's really something else that could have taken any other form or different language? Could that have happened? Me using different language instead of, 
you know, like, oh, what, what happened there, guys? Please send me your theories. I want to know. I'm willing to be wrong. Okay, so that's number one story. Number two, you know, I'm going to tell you a second story similar to that one, just because it's kind of cool. Um, I also, <laughs> you know, everyone, right, gets a little bump or lump and thinks, I have cancer. Do I have cancer? Um, well, of course, I was uh, working and uh, maybe this was in 20, 2011, 2011, I think it was. I was writing a song. So now we're going to a different time in my life. This story number two is it's like, you know, I don't know, 10 years later or something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not giving you accurate year numbers here because I'm not the best at math yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> anyway, and I don't want to give away my age over this. So um, let's just say many years later, I was working with uh, a band and we were recording in the studio and it was a God driven band thing. Like we all kind of have been disgruntled about church things a little bit and uh, we're all still wanting to figure out this God thing and make it through life with God so we were kind of like wrote this song a real awesome rock song actually I think it's on my SoundCloud right now a little piece of it if not the whole thing anyway I went into the studio and I felt this thing behind my ear it was a bump <laughs> and I thought oh my god <laughs> I have cancer <laughs> and it was hard and I was like oh my gosh, you know, what do I do about this? Um, but I didn't tell anyone. I was just kind of, what do I do? But I was in such that I, I got into that same frame of heart, emotion, heart, whatever you want to call it, that I was in the car back at university. And it seemed, you know, you know, I was around it, talking about it with these people in the bands and writing music, you know, songs about it. And so I, I, I felt that feeling again, like, of course, you know, Jesus talked to the fig tree. I could talk to this thing. And so something in my heart just told it to go down, just like I did to those things in my feet. And I put my finger over it and felt it melt under my finger. No joke, guys. This actually happened <laughs> in the studio, too, because I, I didn't want to tell everyone. I think I have cancer behind my ear. But my heart just quietly spoke to it with the with the knowing that this is the, the kind of thing that this Jesus person did, right? And so I felt it melt under my finger, just melt, like not literally melt like moist, you know, it just went down and went flat and smooth under my finger, this bump. <laughs> Guys, please, look, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong. What happened there? Because if this has nothing to do with God, I accept it. Just tell me what happened so that everyone can do this. Because don't you want everyone to be able to do that? I mean, who wouldn't want everyone to be able to do that? <laughs> Because what else can we do that with? Well, I'll tell you story number three, because my cousin confirms that this happened. <laughs> I've even messaged her years later saying, did this really happen? <laughs> because, you know, I just want to make sure my memory is right. Um, I had a great uncle and I wasn't very close to him. Uh, actually, I wasn't very close to him at all, but he was family. And I did see him, I don't know, once a year growing up. And when I heard that he had gotten so sick in the hospital, wait, wait, let me put this down on my timeline again. Okay, so when was this? This was probably around sometime between 2011 and 2013 as well. Um, so I, yeah, it was around there sometime, sometime. Okay, don't quote me. But it was around there and I had heard my great uncle was going, you know, everyone was kind of preparing for him to pass away because his lungs weren't working. A machine was working his lungs for him. His kidneys were not working. A machine was making his kidneys work and he was unconscious. He just laid there kind of with his eyes closed and mouth open because all the tubes were in his mouth. And so I, 
I felt that thing rising up in me. And I went to see him. I felt that thing, that belief thing that I told you about from story number one. And I went alone to visit him. And I read a story. He had been a New York City cop his whole life. He had retired from being a cop, very strong-willed uh, New York City cop guy. And so I remembered a story of how, uh, you know, one of the stories of Jesus and, and his uh, you know, healings was uh, there was someone in the first century equivalent to a cop working for the Roman government. And that guy came up to Jesus in the story and said, my son is sick. I'm, I'm, I'm re- re- terribly paraphrasing this, but he said something like, my son is sick. Um, can you help? Uh, and then Jesus or the other guy kind of had a conversation around, well, a soldier, or, you know, a commander says, to do something and it's done. Um, so Jesus, can you do that? And Jesus was like, yes. <laughs> that was the worst retelling of the story ever. But uh, the point is that I just related that kind of soldier mentality to this New York City cop background of my great, great uncle. By the way, uh, he was a grandparent's brother, but um, I called him uncle, even though, because I didn't have any uncles or aunts growing up. So he was an uncle. So anyway, Uh, I went to his bedside by myself in New York City. I visited him. There was no one else there. His eyes were closed. His head was tilted back. Uh, He was completely unresponsive, had tubes, his mouth open with tubes in his mouth and tubes and all things strapped up to him because his body was shutting down. And so I read that little story to him, believing with that same belief that I had uh, in those other two stories, had that same level of belief. And I told him the story. And in my heart, I didn't really like say be well or, you know, get well. I just believed in my heart that it was possible for him. And do you know, the next morning, his daughter, my cousin, went to visit him. And b- when she arrived, he no, his lungs started working again. They took him off the lung machine. His kidneys started working on their own again. He, they took him off the kidney machine and he was conscious and talking with her. Hello. <laughs> Guys, what? Okay, proof or spoof. What happened in that situation? Guys, what is happening in my chest in those moments that I believe? What's happening? Because if there's no God, then we just want to replicate the scientific situation, the neurological thing, the emotional positioning. Let's replicate that so we can get people off of these machines. (laughs) You know, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be, I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to say, I'm willing to hear someone say you had delusions of grandeur thinking that there's a God who has given you this ability. (laughs) By the way, if there's a God who has given me this ability, he's given it to all of us. I believe that if that's the case, but it, um, uh, but you know, do, are we that grand that we have these powers and abilities? Yes, maybe we do. We are, <laughs> or am I? Or is that a delusion of grandeur? By the way, delusion of grandeur acronym DOG, and that backwards is God. So is it dog or God? <laughs> that was another title for the segment that I thought about. All right. All right. Well, that brings me to the end. I've told you three stories. I want to know what your thinking is around that. Please tell me. Tell me. That brings us to the end of Proof or Spoof. And I'm just going to tag on just another couple minutes because I feel like the impossible mission segment is important. 
Well, maybe I don't feel it. Maybe I'm just throwing it in here out of obligation. No, I'll just give you an update. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hold myself accountable to the first few episodes where I made a, you know, I put it out there. That's where I said, look, this is a thing I want to accomplish by such and such date. There was a year, I said, from a, a year from now, I want to be up and running my, my own business. Now, I feel like there's no other choice for me because the longer I am in the corporate world, the more I realize I am not built for that. So I, I, did I formally introduce this segment, Zane? I didn't formally introduce. Okay, so this is the formal introduction. Welcome to the Impossible Mission segment, which is typically the end of the show. I just have to say something. Um, uh, I usually, sorry, not have to say something. I, I usually have to put it at the end of the show and then say goodbye um, because it's the most important place where I want to just like leave, where I want to leave y'all at the end of every show. So, all right. So I just feel like it, there's no, it's no longer a choice, guys. It's no longer a choice. I, I feel like it's the case for a lot of us too that we've been put onto a conveyor belt of school, college, and it, it doesn't prepare you to be your own business owner. It prepares you to be, I, I'm just going to standardize it, like a factory worker for corporate. That's what schooling is. And for the majority of people, they don't know what they want. They don't know what their talent is. So they're put onto this conveyor belt and then just pushed into corporate world or office life or some other kind of business um, to work for them without this concept of owning their own business, right? I feel like we've a lot of us and, and maybe maybe that is better than what I'm about to say. But what I think is where in that education process are they nurturing and intentionally keeping children accountable and even into high school and university, keeping keeping a, a continual thread of discussions around what do you love doing? What kind of tasks do you love doing and how can you trade that in the world for pay. In other words, you like building things as a kid. And then in grade school, you realize you like using uh, blocks of wood and doing things with them. And then at university, you start studying engineering and how to, you know, engineer houses. So if there was like that kind of accountability all the way through keeping that person in check with what they love the most, you know, just kind of identify that thing, you know, keeping, keeping track of what people love to do, number one, and then how to to exchange that in the world, I, actually in the description, in the story that I just gave, that's still grooming someone for the corporate world to be an engineer usually means you're you're uh, becoming a worker for a big company. Um, but I guess more of what I mean is how how can this whole education system help us think of ourselves more like business owners and groom us for that? I mean, I don't have the the full answer, but when you reflect on it, I bet you'll agree with me. Too. Too. It, they're not really encouraging. They're encouraging us to be workers. They're not empowering us to think of ourselves as business owners. I don't remember hardly anything throughout my schooling at all from grade school to, you know, high school to university where people are grooming you to be an empowering business owner unless you go to university and study business management. Well, they wait all the way until then, right? And even then you business management, people often use that to go and work for someone else's a manager in their business. Look, before the world was as large and technologically complex as it is now, a lot of us were selling things out of our own homes. We had a sense of ownership. And
and trading back and forth with things that we ourselves made and owned and controlled. And it was a negotiation between you as a business entity and another person as a business entity. And I feel like so many of us have lost our souls because we have not identified what that thing is, right? There's this like, there's this like overlapping uh, chart. Um, I think it's called, I'll have to, probably going to have to have a cleanup segment next show to tell you guys what it's called. But there's this, there's this like over, there's this chart that shows overlapping circles. And in the center of the circle is the thing that is your purpose. And there's, um, there's a circle a thing you're passionate about. Another circle is thing you're, you're good at. And another circle things that the world needs. I mean, that's what education would be gold at doing if they could just focus on that instead of preparing people to be, um, you know, on the conveyor belt for big companies. And look, some people might actually like that. They, they might prefer that. Actually, I do have a brother-in-law who uh, said that to me. He's like, no, I'd, I'd rather just, you know, go from 8, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and not have to worry about, you know, where the paycheck's going to come to, you know, come from. Um, he's very successful at what he does, although I think he probably works way more hours than that. <laughs> but he seems to be happy. So some people are actually happy with that. But I think there are probably hundreds or hundreds of thousands of people who feel very unhappy in their role because they haven't been nurtured to have a sense of business ownership and, and make their own decisions and start their own uh, companies, their own little empires or big empires. So anyway, that's that's where I'm at. I'm working on that. Um, I'm working on shifting my mentality as business owner and getting stuff done. That's all I'm going to say about that today. That was my impossible mission update is that I'm working towards it. And uh, the mentality is number one. But I have no choice now. I realize I, I do not want to enter the conveyor belt again. I'm going to kick, scream, and fight to stay off of it, guys. Kick, scream, fight. And there's a strip club across from, I, from where I live. And if I have to, I will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will become a dancer. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Okay, no, I'm kidding. No, I am. I am. I am. I am. I've never done that. Um, okay. Uh, but even that would be working for someone else. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I want to own own my own. Although working with the cryptocurrency company that I that I work with, I'm kind of working with them now as as an affiliate and helping them a little bit. Um, I actually really love helping them, but it's still not my own business. Um, uh, but but I do very much enjoy helping them. But what's more important is me working on on mine, and I'm trying to find time to do that. Not trying, I am making time to do that, and it's difficult um, to just your responsibility to someone that you've made and your responsibility to yourself and getting off of that conveyor belt. Okay, that's the end of Impossible Mission. I'm going to leave you with the parting words from Oliva, who is going to wish you well on your Impossible Mission. Have you identified yours? If, if no, you haven't, well then your mission is to keep putting yourself in new contexts until you find it. <sighs> It is now time to execute your mission. I do not wish you luck. I wish you unstoppable, pure-hearted desire, clarity, and action.